0: Welcome to Kindled Podcast. I'm your host, Haley Williams, and this is the show where we talk about work, motherhood, and the grace we need for both. We are making and being made. Come join us. Hello, and welcome back to Kindled. This is episode 86, and I'm your host, Haley Williams. Today, I'm chatting with Desiree Andres. Desiree is a mom, wife, and the host of the Minimalish Podcast. She's also a former classroom teacher turned online educator and a work-at-home mom. Desiree's goal is to give women the tools they need to dive into the version of realistic minimalism that fits their family best and to live more intentionally, focused on what matters to them. Here is my conversation with Desiree. Desiree, thanks for being with us today.
1: Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. So could you introduce yourself to the listeners and tell us who you are and what you do? Yeah, so like you said, my name's Desiree, and I am a mom to one. She's t- almost two years old, so toddler mom. I still think of myself as a new mom in a lot of ways because I'm in early motherhood, and I am married to my husband. I actually live really close to a lot of family. Just in the past year, we moved back close to my hometown, so that's near Pittsburgh, PA. And my husband and I both used to be teachers. And as I became pregnant, I knew that it wasn't going to be a long-term thing for me. I was really overwhelmed by that job. And when I had her, like I had already started making the transition to like, not necessarily stay at home mom because that wasn't going to work financially for us, but I was working towards being a work-at-home mom in some way. And in that transition... I became really overwhelmed um, because I had a newborn and I had two part-time work from home jobs, which I had started like within the year Mm -hmm. before she came into my life, basically. Like some of them were before I even got pregnant. The other one, one of them was, the other one was not, but so it was like fairly newish jobs. And then I still, I went to part-time in my teaching job. So I was part-time outside of the home. And I just say all that to say like, it was really a lot for me. I'm an easily overwhelmed person. And in that season, we discovered minimalism through the minimalist documentary. So have you seen that? I don't think I have. It's on Netflix. And I like always recommend it to everyone. Because even if you're not like, you know, you don't have to like be a minimalist to like that documentary, it just really shows the mindset shifts behind it. And minimalism right now is really trendy. So most people have heard of it at this point, especially if you're on social media <laughs> anyway. I yeah. feel like it's just, you know, a buzzword right now. And with the Marie Kondo special on Netflix. So mm. we, we started to dive into it when my daughter was still newborn. And I just saw life change from it right away. And so shortly after I knew I wanted to share that and I started a podcast. In the beginning, it was called the Minimalist Family Podcast, made a couple of changes, and now I'm the host of the Minimalish Podcast. I do that as my work, and then I also also teach from home a little bit ESL early in the morning. So that's basically what life looks like for me right now. That's so cool. I love that you were like, okay,
0: this is not working for me. And then you tried something new. I mean, based on the season of life you were in, you explored minimalism and it actually worked for you because I think a lot of
1: us, sometimes we're just like things this isn't working for me and we don't do anything about it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's scary to jump into something new or like with minimalism, I've found, especially like that specifically, it looks a lot more overwhelming to like, Try to begin than it actually is, so yeah, it's hard to make a change, but it's it yeah. would be easier to stay where you are, but like at least that's what we think in our brains, but that's not really true,
0: yeah, I want to talk more about your version of minimalism in a second, but the next thing I want to ask you is where you are seeing god's grace in your life?
1: yeah, oh man, so this summer, my husband's a teacher, like I said, which is really amazing because that means like in the summer he's home all summer, which is beautiful and wonderful. And mm-hmm. so we're like at the end of that season, sadly, right now while we're talking. But this summer, I, I just decided like, okay, I started minimalish as it is in February. And We started a podcast earlier, but on, but minimalish was February of this year's start and it grew and so I was like, okay, this summer I'm really gonna try to figure out like what I want this to be and how I can make this my my work because mm-hmm. you know, financially we we do need to both be working right now. Mm-hmm. And so I just feel like even though I know that the concept of hustle is not for me and and does not work out, I feel like I kind of did it anyways. And I found myself in a place this summer where I was really striving in a lot of ways for not necessarily for growth, although that was part of it, but just to figure out like, how do I even do this? And I I got myself into that place feeling like, you know, at towards the end of this, you know, season, probably just at the end of July, I came to a point where I was like, this isn't going to work out because I'm too stressed out. There's too much to figure out. This is overwhelming. And, and that's what point I can easily get myself to, because like I said, I'm an easily overwhelmed person. So Mm -hmm. I, I'm like, okay, I'm talking about minimalism. I'm talking about simplifying, but yet I am not, I'm not letting my work be simple. (laughs) You know, I'm not simplifying in a lot of areas of my life. And I realized that I just, I was kind of trying to like let God be in on what I was doing instead of being like, here, God, like this is yours because like, you're calling me to it. And you know, I know it's in your hands. And so that's where I've been really seeing his grace is that like, Okay, as soon as I realized that and came to him, he was there. And it's not like, you know, I don't need to look at this summer and be like get down on myself because I know, like I know better than to do that. You know, I know better yeah. to, than to do what I just did. So his grace has really been evident honestly in my work.
0: Mm, yeah, that's so good. I I relate a lot to your description of this summer because I tend towards the hustle mentality or just efficiency and like working hard and kind of, I can, I can end up in a place that I shouldn't be very quickly. And I'm not necessarily someone that is overwhelmed easily, but that is to my detriment because I could go for a long time before I finally burn out. And then I'm like, burn it all down, you know? Right. So I I definitely identify with that. And I think it's hard to identify like Because like life is work, you know, work is good. God created work and we're, we're meant to work. And so that's not, it's not bad, but like, how do we do that in a way that is honoring to him and not like you said, bringing him into what we are doing, but being like, what are you doing? And, and effort that is like submitted to him versus Effort that is uh, submitted to ourselves. You know what I mean? And there's just such a difference, but it's so subtle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's often hard to identify until you're like, well, that was not right. (laughs) Right. But I think he also, you know, like he doesn't waste anything. So that season, like, brought you to a place of, and you can talk to us about where you are now, but like being in that place
1: probably was something that you needed to go through so that you could be where you are today. Yeah, it, it, it definitely like right now, I feel like I am in the middle of what he's doing through what I've learned. Um, it's funny because I ended up having some interviews, you know, with, with my podcast with people who who talk about work. And I was just like, Oh, let me do a series on work. And it was kind of honestly a last minute decision, yeah. but I was happy to do it. And through that, I realized like, wow, you know, I started, I think that it's something I'm still processing of like what work looks like for me. But what I've really learned is just like, I just keep going back to this idea of slow and the fact that, Like it's okay to grow slow. It's okay to like live a little slower than the pace that culture would like us to go. And so slow living has really been a part of my message pretty much throughout this year in general since January. But I think like more than anything, it's just teaching me that like, I just need to be constantly going to God if I'm not going to find myself at a pace in w- which is not sustainable for me and which like, you know, our culture says is good. Like the fast pace. I, I will go at that pace, even though I don't like it, <laughs> even though it's really not even part of my personality to be that way. I will do it anyways if I don't c- consistently go to God. So mm-hmm. um, I think that's just like been where he's brought me is just to show me like surrender is so important and I need to do it daily and that he He's got me, he's got the podcast and whatever other work that I'm doing, like he has it all in his hands. So it's just been a lot about surrender for me. And that's what I'm learning through it right now.
0: Yeah, that's so good. How do you define like slow living for yourself? Because I bet some people are like, what does that really mean? You know, does that mean I do things slowly or does that is, I know that's not really what it means, but you know, I would imagine that a
1: lot of it is your mindset and how you think about your work. But could you share what that means to you? Yeah, yeah. So, Whenever I kind of jumped into minimalism, it was like at first all about decluttering and that's really important. And that's been like a really, really important step. Usually I think with our faith, we say like the changes happen on the inside, like in our heart, and then like it manifests to the way that we live. And with minimalism, like I feel like God called me to minimalism and, or called, you know, brought, brought minimalism into my life because it is something that As a person, like with my personality, I needed and I saw life change kind of happen from the outside in, even though I know like I say that because I think it's a good visual for what minimalism does, even though I know that God like was working from the inside as well at the same time. So what happened with minimalism is like once I decluttered my stuff, I was like, okay, well. I realized there was it was more than just decluttering. It was like I had some mindset shifts that were going on as I was letting go of stuff. And it's like I had stored up my worth and a lot of the stuff that I had, like, you know, the clothes in my closet, there was like worth weirdly wrapped around that or, you know, the it's just like the more you find yourself on Amazon searching for the next, I don't know, thing that's going to organize your life better or whatever it is, like, I just found my worth wrapped up into this stuff. So once I started thinking about minimalism and consumerism, I was like, okay, my, my worth can't be there. So now, not that I consciously thought this, but like, looking back, this is really what happened is like, now my worth is going to be in like, what can I do? And so, so it was the beginning of this year when I was actually trying to like, be a thriving like stay-at-home mom and I was like okay I know I work from home too but I stay at home with my daughter so like how can I make this like a thriving environment for her and for me I was like okay we got to do a lot of activities like we got to get out of the house more Mm -hmm. and she's a toddler so like I mean you know they don't it's not a big deal like either way they're not like asking you can I go to the library they they like it but it's not like essential yeah so um I realized like, that's just not working for us. I'm like trying to push her out the door. I'm stressed out. And that's when I stumbled upon this idea of slow living. And not that it has to be about like doing, literally doing less, but about like going at the pace in which like you can literally thrive in your life. So like, you know, you can apply that, you should can and should like maybe apply that to your work. And just like, it's kind of about reflecting to me, at least slow living has been about reflecting on like, who I am as a person and what works for me and, you know, who God made me to be and then trying to align my life with that pace. So no, it's not necessarily like literally slow, but for some people it might be. Yeah, no, I love
0: that you're, how you described it. I think that is so key to our like mental health often, because for me, it's, you know, like I said, I have this high capacity. I can go really hard, really fast, really long, but that doesn't mean that's actually where I'm thriving. It's just where I find myself. And I, then it's almost like I'm at in a race with myself and that's just so idiotic. But when I often my guilt around what I'm not doing is coming because I'm going at such a breakneck speed. And I see, it's like, you see more on the horizon that you could do or, or can't get to yet. And so you are not really where you're at. You're not really present with your kids. You're not really present in making dinner because you're just thinking about when they go to bed and what you're going to do and what you have to do and what work awaits you and what clients need things. And so, but the, the frenetic kind of like mental gymnastics that can happen sometimes for us, that's often where I am when I'm just like feeling overwhelmed. And the reality is like, there's no one but myself telling me I have to be doing that. And so I like how you're like, if it isn't, Like if that isn't what's working for you, like you have the freedom to slow down and just go, I'm just going to enjoy making dinner right now. I'm just going to enjoy, you know, it's as simple as that for me often in like, why am I feeling guilty or why am I feeling pressure and striving and stress and anxiety or like, or even discontent with my current situation? It's because I'm going too fast. I'm not just like being where I am. And I know everybody says that and it sounds so cliche, but often like that's just where my mind is. Right.
1: And I think too, like, You know, we have a lot of control over the pace of our days and our life, but also in some situations, there are things that control our pace. And so in those situations, I have, you know, I can't speak for everyone because I always say like, okay, I work from home and I also have like only one kid and I know other people have different situations where they have more things going on. But if you have something that's pushing your pace of your life in a way that's not good for you, then I think we need to question that, like whether it's a job that's really stressful or we have our kids involved in too many activities, even if they're older, even if they're like asking for those things, like we have to be able to put boundaries in our lives and question that, you know, it doesn't necessarily look like quitting everything, but there has to be some way that we like move forward in a better way.
0: Yeah, totally. It's really good. So your, I mentioned earlier, your version of minimalism. Now I know I'm not the only one who, when I hear the the word minimalism, I get a little bit of anxiety because I'm like, Oh, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I look around <laughs> at all of the piles of things. Like, I mean, well, just right now we're remodeling our bathroom. So there's some stuff kind of out of place in our master bedroom and, Stuff like that does stress me out. But then I'm like, oh no, but I can't be a minimalist. I can't have a capsule wardrobe. I love style. I love buying cute shirts every season. And so it's like, how would that work for me? And I know you have kind of a unique perspective on this. So can you kind of walk us through what minimalism looks like for you and how you approach it?
1: Yeah. So speaking of burnout, when I first approached minimalism, It was like, you know, I saw it as I I started looking up, I think, right away, which is probably what anyone does that discovers it, I would think. I mean, I don't know. Not everyone is the same, does the same things. But, you know, when we first discover something, we want to find out how to do it. Or, you know, this seems like it's going to be a positive shift for me. How do other people do it? And so I saw like, I I remember looking up on YouTube, like minimalist home tours, and there was like nothing. And I'm just like, Okay, well, first of all, how am I supposed to do this? If I can't see how someone else is doing it. And, and now I look it up. And it's like, there's everyone like everyone has their minimalist house tour on YouTube. And so you can search that and look it up. And what happened to me is that I, I did find that there was you know, as quickly after I discovered minimalism, I feel like it blew up. And so I started to find there, there was a minimalist community on Instagram and, and I started to realize, okay, well, like I started a podcast on minimalism with my husband actually at first called the minimalist family podcast. And then just putting that title on myself made me a little bit stressed out. I was like, okay, now we have to like, our house has to really be perfect minimalism, which If you, there's no such thing, but if you were going by the rules, then that some people put on them, then you might have to only have a certain amount of spoons depending on the amount of people that are in your home. Or you might have to have like however many items in your closet. And for some people that's really important and it works really well. So like I, it's not that I'm saying like, that's not good because I think the problem with minimalism is, is it feels like legalism in a lot of ways. And that's what happened for me is I was like, okay, first of all, to talking about decluttering every week on the podcast isn't, it's just not my only passion. So I don't know how I'm going to do that. Mm -hmm. And second, I'm just like, I'm not a super tidy person. I'm definitely not doing this thing perfectly. And what is the point? Like, what is the point if I just went from overwhelmed to letting go of things. So I would be less overwhelmed, but now I'm overwhelmed because I haven't, maybe I haven't let go of enough. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Do I have the least amount that I could possibly have? Am I measuring up to these other people who have less? Can I even call myself a minimalist? So that's kind of where I stopped the podcast. I gave it a couple of months and I honestly didn't think I was going to start it again, but through prayer, I was like, what about like minimalish. Like (laughs) I think minimalism has been this really good thing in my life. And it's not like I just stopped doing Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. I just stopped talking about it because I didn't feel like I was doing it good enough to share it with other people. So I realized that like, okay, this this can be really unapproachable if we're trying to follow a bunch of rules Mm -hmm. that maybe work for a set number of people, but it doesn't work for everyone else. So my version of minimalism is just, I like to call it grace-filled minimalism or like minimalism plus grace, because it's just about, you know, it's not a set of rules to follow. It is a lifestyle that's really about these more than, it's about more than having less stuff. It's about the mindset shifts that come along with that. Because even just by physically letting go of stuff, we're letting go of, a lot. We're letting go of all of the worth we tie up in that stuff. We're letting go of discontentment. Mm -hmm. And um, on my podcast, I don't, it's not necessarily faith-based, although I am a Christian. So I talk about my faith a lot on the podcast, Mm -hmm. but my philosophy is kind of like okay, when you let that stuff go, there's something you have, you're either going to tie it all to something else, or you're going to realize that like, you have to tie it somewhere. You have to tie your worth and contentment to something that's lasting. And so I talk about contentment and worth a lot. And I think minimalism really is for me, a catalyst to making room in your life for what matters to you and doing it in a way that's sustainable for you. And that's gonna look different in different seasons. And you know, it's not about rules, it's not about that you can never like you know buy a new shirt at Target. Right. <laughs> For me, it's been a lot about my mindset around buying things, like financial habits, good better yeah. financial habits have come into play. So yeah, that's I know that was like a long-winded answer, but that's really what uh minimal and my podcast is about and and my own version of minimalism.
0: Yeah, I love the fact that you, you know, you saw other people doing it one way. It didn't really seem to fit for you and you allowed your approach to be different because I mean how many times do we we hear about something or or hear about like this is the right way and then we think okay if I don't do it exactly like that person if we're really black and white thinkers which I tend to be then we're like we're failing and the reality is it's like no you're just that isn't right for you and so I love that you allowed your perspective on minimalism to shift and become minimalish because frankly, you know, honestly, I think that probably applies to a lot more people than pure unadulterated minimalism does because uh, at least with our audiences, you know, with moms of little children, I mean, kids are the opposite of minimalists, right? They just want to acquire, acquire more plastic things, more toys, more this, like more is more to kids. And that's hard when you're living with, you know, multiple people who are acquiring things sometimes due to you, sometimes due to other people and, you know, grandparents buying them stuff and whatever, you know, I mean, just the fact that kids like create art every single day. My girls are churning out like five to 10 pieces of art a day. And I'm like Mm -hmm. secretly throwing away everything, but like the best one, because we cannot handle that much art in our house. Are you a female entrepreneur with a small or budding business Are you hoping to get your business off the ground, but you find yourself hesitating because you don't have a brand or a logo to speak of? That is besides that one that you tried your hand at in Canva a few months ago. You may not know this, but while producing this podcast is a huge passion for me, my first love was web and graphic design, and I still run a successful business helping small businesses shine online. You need a stunning logo that represents who you are and what you do. You need guidance with colors and aesthetic, and you want someone who has good taste to make the vision in your head become reality on paper. Not to brag, but I do this every day for women who are so relieved to have finally found someone who gets them. Let's chat about your business's branding needs on a free, no obligation, 15 minute phone call. I love getting to know listeners. And if I can also be a part of your business's success, that's a win-win for me shoot me an email at at com or visit my website at hwilliamscreative.com. You know, it's just like, I think the reality is that most of us probably don't identify with the the traditional, like the rules-based minimalism. And there are things about it that appeal to us. Like, yeah, of course I'd love to have a clean home. Of course I'd love to have fewer toys to put away, but I don't see how that's gonna work in my actual life. And so I think what you've done is just been like, you, you can make it work for your actual life and here's how. And then you're kind of having conversations around it and talking to people and giving them ideas. And it brings, and you said this, but it brings grace into the conversation instead of rules. Because that is why I get anxiety around or get nervous around the, the discussion of minimalism. Because I'm like, I know I'm not actually a minimalist and I never will be, but I obviously desire to have some of the benefits that come with it. So like, is that possible for me? Is it possible for me to like, to like buying clothes and benefit from moving my, you know, moving my mindset or some of my habits in that direction? And I think your answer is yes. Like you just, you, you need to not, you know, necessarily make it about following rules, but about kind of letting those principles guide how you do things.
1: Right. Yeah. And I think what the most important part of it has been for me is that I have seen that clutter and stuff has really like all of my life been a huge part of my overwhelm. And I didn't think that in the past, like I would have never said that I would have just been like, I'm just not a tiny person. I can't, and I'm still not like, I still have that conversation with my husband all the time. Cause he is super tidy and I'm not, but I think that I just use that as an excuse to be like, well, it's okay if stuff is piling up and I couldn't find that one shirt, because it was under huge piles. So I just bought another one. And it's like, that looked similar, and it's fine. And, and what it comes down to is like, that stuff was distracting, clutter was distracting me from from really being able to, to fully live the life I was wanting to live. And it's so it sounds so weird that those things would go together. But for for us, like we literally had huge life change that I don't know if it would have happened if we didn't dive into minimalism because I don't know if I would have ever been like, okay, I can quit teaching because mm-hmm. we decided we're going to move and we're going to downsize. Like we made all these huge changes and and it doesn't have to look like that, but it for me has helped to take away the visual clutter and be able to think clearly. And then a huge part of minimalism is just about like what is important. So like, if the stuff is not what's important, then what is important? And I think that's just been like the question that has really guided all of the changes that has happened since. Yeah. That's really cool.
0: Do you struggle as someone in that space, probably researching topics for your podcast and for content you're creating? Like, do you struggle with comparison to those that are more like rules-based in that space or, you know, how have you approached that? Because I feel like you're kind of taking a different approach that might not be main as mainstream as some of the the people in the minimalism space.
1: Yeah. So I think the biggest struggle that I have with it, because in the beginning, I was definitely struggling with comparison of like, my home versus their home, my stuff versus their stuff, their folded drawers versus my <laughs> not <laughs> like it has less stuff in it, but it's still not super folded. Like, Because minimalism, the minimalist community is also kind of tied itself with like this like productivity, like Mm -hmm. cleaning hacks, all of that kind of stuff, community, which is fine. And like those things are important too. But I compare myself to that stuff more because that's just not the stuff I'm good at. Mm -hmm. And so I struggled with that a lot in the beginning. And now I think I struggle with it because that is what people want to see. And I just... Like I can put out my own perspective on it, but I just can't put out the best productivity tips. And I cannot put out the best, you know, cleaning tips because, and whatever else that maybe ties itself to minimalism, like even debt-free, we're on a debt-free journey, but like I cannot put out the best tips because like that's just not what I'm the best at. So I think Mm -hmm. I've looked at like what other people are good at and what is, you know, what other people are serving others with on social media and all those other places. And thought like, wow, I'm not good at that stuff. That's where I've come into comparison because it's like, I feel like, you know, I believe my message is important. I believe that their message is important. They're just not the same. And, you know, I feel like they can go hand in hand together and go really well together. It's Mm -hmm. just been really hard for me to not to accept that God wants me to talk about it this way. And I am not going to be talking about it that way. You know what I mean? So I think, you know, just that idea of like being who you are, who God called you to be rather than there's just so many ways that we can compare ourselves and try to be like someone else doing it a different way that just doesn't work for you, you know? Yep. Yep. Exactly.
0: Yeah. And I, I think that is something that anyone, anyone listening could identify with. There are a lot of people doing a lot of things a lot better than me. And that's great. And that's okay. I I think the challenge is just like taking our perspective off of others and kind of not looking to the right and the left to see like, well, how's she doing it or how's she doing it? But looking upwards in a sense, metaphorically to God and saying like, well, how do you want me to do it? And also, you know, at the same time, realizing like he has given you specific gifts, specific passions and interests and abilities to use and to run with. And so not everything has to be a like, well, oh God, I'm trying to find like your will for me in this. And I just got to go. I, it's like X marks the spot. Where's the treasure? I'm looking on the map for God's will for my life. Like, I don't think that's how his will works. I just heard this really awesome analogy of like, we think that God's will is he's asking us to dive off of a diving board into a teacup. And like, when in reality, we're diving off of a diving board into an ocean of his grace. And yeah. so it's like, we don't have to dive into this tiny little teacup where it's like, this, there's only one right way you can do this and everything else is wrong. And you're looking and you're, there's so much pressure on you. It's like, that's, he's bigger than that. And he, Yes, he might, you know, redirect us and say, okay, you know, not quite, good try, but let's go this direction now. Almost like we met with our kids. Like, we, you know, as parents, we have grace for our kids. We love to see them learn. We like to see them even sometimes mess up so that we can be there to help them. And it's like, are we like, wow, you really messed up that time. Great job. I mean, yes, in my bad moments, but God is not an imperfect parent. And so, yeah, it's just really, it's that perspective shift of understanding, like, there isn't only one right way, which means I'm free to be who he made me to be and to even mess up along the way. And, and that like his grace can hold me even there.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I love that analogy so much. <laughs> I do too.
0: So how does this actually like work its way into how you shop differently? You mentioned you're on a debt-free journey. We are too. What does that look like for you in terms of like, I always wonder this, you know, avoiding the target dollar section or (laughs) not browsing certain aisles because you know, you're going to be tempted to buy something or like, how does that actually play out in your own life?
1: Yeah. So when I say like, we are just so like at the beginning of our debt-free journey, we really probably, I think exactly started in February and there's been just so many ups and downs of just trying to figure out like budgeting is so tough. Mm -hmm. And I think we finally kind of not, I shouldn't say, I think we finally figured it out. I think we figured out an app that works for us. So that's good. But which app are you using? The Every Dollar app. Oh yes, yeah. so Dave Ramsey people. Well, yeah. So we've like we have Financial Peace University right now mm-hmm. and we haven't like a hundred percent dived into everything that yeah. he says, but I think like his message is really helpful and that app is yeah. so much easier than what we're oh my gosh. I love
0: <laughs> I love Dave Ramsey. We started his program like a year after we got married and we're still on our journey. We've been married eight years, and he says that the average time it takes people is around seven years. So it's been seven years for us and we're like kind of on trajectory to pay, like to be debt-free, but our house either this year or early into 2020. So that's awesome, crazy. But, but yeah, I love, I loved Financial Peace University.
1: Yeah. Well, it's good to hear that perspective of like the long game of it because that's definitely what it will be for us. Yeah. So yeah, like, you know, I think when it comes down to how do we avoid those places? How do we like change our mindset around shopping and contentment? There's, I've talked about contentment in so many different ways, but I think the biggest part of it is like on the mindset side, I'll give like a mindset side. And then like a more practical side is that we just, Suffer from comparison so much in our culture, which we just talked about. But if you have people that you're following on Instagram that maybe they really inspire your style, but also like every time they post something, there's like a style blogger. I know I have one, so like that's why I think that. <laughs> yep. But yeah. um, every time they post something, I'm like, I need a different shirt so that I can like have this look. And uh-huh. I had to unfollow those people and not because they like I love them. I think that their style is great, but I just can't I can't do that right now because it's one not in my finances and it's like just part of my goals to to not have my worth wrapped up in my closet. Yeah. And and if yeah. I have too much in my closet, that's that's what's that's where it's gonna be. So that's been huge is just like dealing with the comparison side of it. And that happens yeah. in our homes. I have talked about this a lot with our homes because there's like the Instagram worthy home that like mm-hmm. I don't know. I just don't think a, a full on a huge percentage of people have the perfect Instagram worthy oh. tidy home all day, but right. there's a few who do and they're posting it and I love them and I love their homes, but like we can, we cannot fall into comparing our homes. And, and so yeah. kind of going to, from comparison to gratitude and being like in those moments where you feel like, okay, well, I would love to go to Target and buy a new thing for that wall because I just saw it on Instagram and whatever. Then in those moments, like being grateful for what you do have. At the same time, like it's okay to have a vision for your home or your closet and buy a couple of new things. But it's just, this is the idea of like over shopping or, you know, wanting to get out of that place where we're buying junk in the Target dollar spot. And Mm -hmm. that's another thing I, you know, we have to remember that, styles and trends are just constantly changing and people want yeah. us to buy their stuff there you know yes. that um yes. you know there's so much marketing that goes around it and we have to just be careful about our our own goals and what is your budget what can you afford what actually matters to buy like are you going to be throwing it away adding it to a landfill in like a month then mm-hmm. don't purchase that so practically what that has looked like for me right now where i'm at a lot of times it looks like just not going to the store if I can avoid it. Mm-hmm. Because Target has, especially when I'm by myself, like as a, I feel like we have been <laughs> yeah. to Target more this summer, like as a family, while my husband has been home from work and we're fine when we're, we can keep each oh, other Oh yeah, because like
0: your husband's like, you don't need that, get out of there. You Right, <laughs> exactly.
1: Of <laughs> course, what? You don't
0: need one more footstool. What do you, th- what are you thinking? You
1: know? Exactly. But I had to, like Target was like an outing for my daughter and I, and you know, while it's nice to rely on that, like in the winter when it's cold, at the same time, it just wasn't working for me. Like I had to find other things. So I try to stick with like buying some grocery shopping online or, you know, grocery shopping, the place that only has groceries, like Aldi for the most part. And I think that that has helped me in the practical most avoid those places is just like, don't even go to them. Now, as I've gone to Target lately, like I said, my husband's there and I just don't even go to the dollar spot. So I feel yeah. like that's become a habit is it's just like, I just kind of, and it is in the doors that I have to go in. So it's like right there when I walk yeah. in and I just literally have to walk past it. And yeah. it takes, I think like certain set a certain number of times, like, okay, for the next five times you're at Target, you have to walk past the dollar spot. Mm-hmm. And then hopefully like that will become a habit. You can literally like check it off on a calendar. So that's yeah. kind of the practical. Yeah. And also as you, you know, as you're changing your mindset, which I think
0: is like the biggest thing it, you stop viewing, you know, and I know this is just one example, but it's an easy one the the dollar section, because everybody's been there and everybody yeah. is like, Ooh, what can I get today for one, three or $5? Right. And it's like, the reason that's attractive is because we believe more will make us happier. You know, mm. the, the reason that that is like such a pull is because it's cheap. Everybody has one, everybody who walks into Target has one, three, or five dollars. So you can walk away with something today, you know? And it's like that idea, like you said, the marketing of like more is more. And that is how stores thrive. Just recognize there is a business here trying to make money, just like, you know, every other business. And you don't have to. Fall prey to that belief. And when you realize and and kind of like dial back a little bit and go, yeah, is this cute little galvanized tin watering can actually going to change my life? Or is it going to become one of those things that I'm like, I don't have a place for this? I keep seeing it show up everywhere. My kids are like, you know, it's getting mixed up in the wrong places. Or it's just like, I mean, not that it's wrong, not that it's sinful. Just it loses its power when you kind of dial back a little bit and go, is this really something I need? And is this actually going to make my life happier? Is this going to make me happier? Do I think that my joy is somehow tied to owning one more wall calendar or pencil cup holder or whatever it is in there? And sometimes I think we kind of operate by default by like, yes, it will. Yes, actually, there is some happiness for me in that dollar section. And and the reality is, there isn't because there's like, things do not fulfill us. Everything is always running out. Something my pastor says, like everything is always running out. So even when you're buying more and accumulating more, everything is always running out. So your joy, your contentment, your peace, if that's where you're looking for it, the only thing that's not running out is God Yeah, and his abundance and his peace that is available to you as a believer in him. And so may sound a little deep for the target dollar section, but I think I have to go there to remind myself of the truth because otherwise it's just very you know it's very tempting to walk through and just find a couple things just to add to the cart you know
1: yeah and I think like what you just said is that's like the actual backbone of minimalism and that's why I think like I can't look at minimalism and how it's blowing up and be like oh God's not in that like he is there's so much in the Bible that that points to The fact that we can't, you know, we can't, what one of the most popular verses in Luke is like, don't store up your treasures, like in a place where they're going to like rot and store up your treasures in heaven. And so it's just like, that whole idea is the backbone of minimalism. It's like, Mm -hmm. you are not going to be fulfilled by buying one more thing. And you're going to look around your house one day and see like, there's just, you know, like, it's like piles of stuff that. You thought one day was going to fulfill you, yeah. and I definitely still like I still fall prey to that because I still, especially yeah. when You're I'm in, person. yeah, exactly. When I'm in a poor mindset, like when I'm having a bad day, I'm like, oh, uh, like you know, retail therapy. Like that's yes. something that I still find myself wanting to do, mm-hmm. and so, like honestly, that's one place where the label of minimalism and the minimalist community, when I am in a rough spot, like that kind of helps hold me accountable, but then. I have to take it to God because yeah. that's where it actually, like there's right. real accountability there, you know, deep accountability.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's worth mentioning, like while we're here, that idea of, of uh, you know, everything always running out, kind of being the backbone of minimalism. At the same time, like we have to hold also the reality that like, if we are in a race to the bottom, like you said before, like who can who can own the least amount of stuff? That is equally unfulfilling, like that yeah. race to, well, I only have 10 items. Like, well, okay. That's not going to make you happy either. Like more isn't more and less isn't more sort of like God alone is more. And our hope is in him, not in how much or how little we own. And I think you communicate that message really well. Cause you're not you know, you are not giving people like a set of rules, you're giving them a perspective shift and a mindset shift. And you're not even pretending to do it perfectly. You're just being real with people and saying like, this is a pursuit and it's a lifestyle. It's something I'm committed to, but it doesn't mean it's always going to look Pinterest perfect or Instagram worthy. And that's good. And it shouldn't, you know, and like you said, you know, you don't think most people have those kinds of houses anyways. Like I would actually argue nobody does. And the people <laughs> who look like they do are just moving items out of the shot. So right, exactly. let's be real. Like that's, that is, we all know how everybody lives. Like if you have kids or if you have a kitchen, it gets dirty sometimes. And there are toys on the floor and, you know, grime in your bathtub. Like, let's just be real. Um, and just remember the only reason this is even a factor is because of silly social media. So man. I, yep. <laughs> so true. And if we didn't have that, we'd probably find another way to, you know, our hearts would our hearts are are wicked and we would find another way to obsess over something.
1: Yeah. And it's like minimalism can so fast become about, like you said, like a competition or seeking perfectionism, or it's just another place where we try to, you know, tie our worth, like mm-hmm. how minimalist can I be? And it's just not, that is just as unfulfilling as your stuff is, you know? So yeah. exactly. So yeah. true.
0: Man. Well, so encouraging. Do you have any tips for moms who are like, I kind of, I identify with this ish idea. How did you get started on that journey? And how do you recommend for women who are kind of like, maybe their kids are going back to school and they have a few more hours in their week to organize. I mean, obviously you have an amazing podcast, so that's always there, but do you have any tips for them?
1: Yeah. So I think the best part of minimalism is that I'm, spending less time cleaning my house, because I do value a home that is a nice, like, you know, peaceful place for us to be mm-hmm. as a family. So that's really great. So I do think like it can be minimalist principles, like, you know, the idea of just, you know, decluttering is so helpful for everyone. Not that everyone has to be a minimalist, but just decluttering so helpful. So I think the best way to start is to, and maybe it's not the best way, but it's my favorite way to encourage people to start is to set a timer because it can be really overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And also you can, there's something to be said about spending hours doing this and getting it all done at once. And that's really great too, if you have that time, but a lot of us don't. Mm -hmm. So if you have an extra 20 minutes, Then set that timer for 20 minutes because all of us can probably find 20 minutes in our day somewhere, especially with maybe kids going back to school and start in, there's a couple of places that I suggest. One could be a place where you are not tying a lot of like memories to the stuff that's there because it's going to be easy to let go of that stuff and like maybe a bathroom. (laughs) Yeah. Because a lot of times that's just like, oh, the 40 hair products that I wanted to try and they didn't work for me. Yeah. So maybe we can feel a little bit bad that we spent money on that, but it's easier to to let that go than if there's like actual memories tied into that. So once you kind of, and plus sometimes like if you have a small bathroom, it can, you can tackle an entire bathroom in like 20 minutes to an hour. So um, tackle a space that's going to be easier to tackle and not have to work through a lot of mental or, you know, mental blocks and mindset blocks. Um, The other thing is tackle a space where you are going to like you spend a lot of your time, like a Mm -hmm. kitchen, a living room, Mm -hmm. because those spaces are going to make a huge difference in your life. Um, So that 20 minute timer, even just like seeing as much as you can do with undistracted time in those 20 minutes and see what happens. And really that the fulfillment of like, okay, look at this space. Like I just, I, my room looks so much, I don't know, more peaceful and refreshing to be in. Even after just 20 minutes, that's going to compel you to keep going. And then the last kind of, it's not like a specific place. None of these are, but they're just kind of like categories. The last place is a place that's been overwhelming you. You know, that for some people that can be a hard place to start. But I think if we stick to that, like 20 minute timer, that can help you just get started on making a dent because, you know, I think our kids' rooms can be a really overwhelming place. I know my daughter's closet can easily become overwhelming with gifts from grandparents and everything. But if it's been overwhelming you, if you've been looking at it and been feeling bad about yourself because you haven't gotten to it, then just like dig in. Go, go for it. Yeah. And that is kind of gonna com- compel you forward also once you tackle a little a little bit of that. Yeah. That's such.
0: Good advice and, and helpful tips. Thank you so much, Desiree. Thanks for taking the time to chat with me today. Yeah, it's been so fun. Where can people connect with you online and follow all that you are involved with?
1: So you can find me at the Minimalish Podcast. If you listen, well, if you're listening to this, then you probably listen to podcasts. So if you want more tips on decluttering and everything minimalish related, I talk about the mindset stuff a lot there as well. So that's minimal dash ish. And then you can also find me on Instagram at minimalish.desiree. And my website is desireeandrews.com, but both of those places will eventually lead you there. Awesome! Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much for listening. Come back next week. I'm going to be chatting with Val Warner, all about being a grumpy mom and also about prayer. If you know Val, you know that she wrote a book that published earlier this spring and it was called Grumpy Mom Takes a Holiday. I read it, loved it, and I wanted to chat with her about it. So that is coming up next week, my conversation with Val. And last but not least, you know that I have to ask you to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts for this podcast if you love it. I'm going to share a recent review that was left. This one is by, I don't know how to say the name, C L S Z E P. She says, Kindled is so encouraging and authentic, and I don't mean authentic in a, I love yoga pants and messy buns too kind of way. Haley is amazing at laying it on the table, debunking stigmas and influential trends around women and motherhood and bringing it back to faith. She's so real and so inspiring to listen to as are her guests. I take something new away from each episode and feel great after listening. Thank you so much for those kind words. That is my goal, that you take something new away every single time and that you do leave feeling uplifted and encouraged to go into the rest of your day. And just for the record, I do love yoga pants and messy buns, but that's not very newsworthy or notable. And I'm pretty sure everybody listening does too. So cool. We're all on the same page thank you for that review. So you guys, I'm going to let you go. And I hope you'll come find me on Instagram at HaleyWilliamsKindled. And until I talk to you next Monday, have a great week.